everybody, and welcome to That's Life, where the food coma of my birthday continues into day two. I will discuss more about this in a minute, but let me just tell you something. It is 10.30 a.m. the day after my birthday, and I'm still full from yesterday. Good morning, folks, and thanks for listening. I am Miriam L. Wallach, blogger, writer, general manager here at the Nahum Siegel Network. You can find me here right after Allison or right before Nahum's live lunch. Let me also tell you that today, I mean, I've joked before that we're going to have a Labor Dick live lunch. I'm telling you, first of all, I don't think there's enough time in the two hours to get through all of the topics that Nahum and I plan to cover, please God, today. That's first of all. And second of all, I mean, this is the first live lunch where Nahum and I are actually related. I know, it's hysterical. Um, for those of you keeping track at home, I am down one wallet and Nachum is up a seagull. That is correct because, as you know, uh, my daughter, a week ago today, I cannot believe it's been a week, a week ago today, my daughter got married. My daughter Lizzie got married. She married Yosef Siegel. They had, you know, been together for years. This was not a surprise to anybody. Um, surprises that Nachum and I are still speaking to each other, but you'll hear more about that during the live lunch. I really, really, really don't want to give it all away, but... It's possible, it's possible that it is unprecedented to have Mahatanim sharing the airwaves together. It's possible. It's possible that, you know, first of all, what is the word in English for Mahatanim? I still haven't figured out. There is, not everything translates. Not everything translates. But it's, it's possible that never in radio history, there have been husband and wife teams. There have been teams that have not been husband and wives that have become husband and wife. But I don't think there have ever been machatanim who are on the air together. So that should be in and of itself labadic enough for you to tune in to the live lunch. We'll discuss a bunch of different things. And um, frankly, I'm very much looking forward to it because, you know, there are going to be a lot of jokes about the in-laws. Um, I also want to thank everyone who wished me a happy birthday yesterday. That was really very, very nice. I appreciate it tremendously. Um, got a lot of Facebook messages, a lot of texts, a lot of tweets, a lot of this, a lot of that. I appreciate all of it. And suffice it to say, I usually cannot stand my birthday simply because it never goes well. My birthday never goes well. I mean, the year that the apple bombs and the, the bombing took place at, at the Cafe Hillel, I mean, that was also September 9th. That led me to believe that there's absolutely no way to celebrate a day for a very long time. But I will. I must give credit to Stephen Wallach, who, amongst other people, made sure that I would have an absolutely wonderful birthday. And I really, really did. So thank you to everyone. And this brings me back to my food coma. Let me tell you about the food coma. So all I wanted to do for my birthday was to eat uh, pizza. I, I'm I'm really a pretty low maintenance gal, frankly. Okay, not everybody agrees with that, it seems, but fine. Um, so there was a lot of food being eaten yesterday. I will go into it more during the live lunch, but um, but I do want to take an opportunity to just thank both Judd's Memphis and to thank Elite Cafe in uh, Elite Cafe New York in Queens. Both of who have both of whom have teamed up and working together on all these impossible burger and impossible meat dishes to basically replicate Judd's Memphis success, his barbecue success, in a form that could be, you know, 
made for somebody like me, somebody who doesn't eat meat. And Judd said, you've been talking about this forever. You know, when are you going to make me something I can eat? Well, Judd made me plenty of stuff I could eat. And uh, between the guys at Elite Cafe and Judd, I, I, I ate really, really well. But we'll talk about more of that during the live lunch. Here is my weekly reminder. Make sure you wash your hands, folks. Wash your hands, wear masks, keep social distancing requirements at the forefront of your mind. Don't be on top of each other. It's really not necessary. We're all capable of getting through this together. We're making strides. Be responsible. School has started. We must be vigilant. Yuntif is around the corner. We must be vigilant. Let's do what we can to make sure that we all stay safe, healthy, and frankly, functioning. A functioning society is super important. No thanks to our governor and no thanks to the mayor. We still want to function as a people. Yesterday, by the way, in terms of national holidays, let's get to national holidays. Yesterday, not only was it my birthday, not a national holiday, but I always forget until I check that September 9th is also wonderful weirdos day. So yes, there is a confluence. It all makes sense now. I know. I know. It makes sense to you. Tomorrow, uh, today is National School Picture Day, which is the second Thursday in Monday. I can't imagine who's taking pictures yet, but whatever. It's also Swap Ideas Day. I guess the sharing of ideas is always good. It's World Suicide Prevention Day. If you'll notice on social media, a number of people are posting different things, reminding others who might be suffering in silence that they are not alone, that there is help available, and I do so as well. Do not think you are alone. There's plenty of help both within and outside of the Jewish community for people who are suffering. Tomorrow, I, I will not be on the air tomorrow. So I will take the opportunity to remember that tomorrow is 9-11, and we all know where we were. On the official calendar, it is Remember Freedom Day, which I think is a, is a beautiful way of marking September 11th. But I also just want to, which I do every year, make note or take note of the fact that there is a poster in this studio of the Twin Towers. It is a fabulous, fabulous photograph that ZK... Um, that ZK put up and that has no matter what changes have gone on in this studio, what other pictures are up and this, that, and the other thing, this stays up. This doesn't change. It hasn't moved from its spot. I'm not allowed to touch it. I mean, there are other things in the studio I'm not allowed to touch either, but I wouldn't think about touching this one. So a moment for to all those who lost their lives, a moment to all of those who were left behind um, to remember those who, who died yesterday, who died on 9-11. And um, we take a moment for a second to appreciate this country. It really is a great country. We might not be, we might not be at our best right now, but we really are a great country. You're listening to That's Life here at the Nachum Siegel Network. I am, bo- I am joined this morning by two, um, how shall we say, fabulous Balei Tzfila, two people who inspire different congregations and lead their congregations in davening, and I would assume take very different approaches to how they prepare for leading their kihilot, leading their congregations in davening for both Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur. And I imagine that this year takes on a whole different type of preparation. On the phone, coming to us from Israel, is Dr. Jonathan Pillay. Good morning, Doc. 
What's going on, Miriam? How are you? How are you, sir? A pleasure to speak to you. I haven't spoken to you in a while, though I'm sure... Way too long. I know. No joke. Regards to everybody in your home, by the way. Thank you. Same here. Thank you. Um, so Dr. Jonathan Pillay joins us. Actually, what inspired this um, this interview and this conversation was a video that Dr. Pillay posted just the other day of his Musaf, of his Musaf rendition. Um, and it it just inspired... it. It really just sparked in me a conversation of, wow, there are so many Balei Tzfila who are posting their Tzfilot on, or their Nusachim, or their prep, or however you want to put it, on Facebook, that it inspired me to, number one, contact you, and invite Nachum Siegel, who's on as well. Good morning, Nachum. There we go. Good morning. Good morning to you. Invite in, inspired me to invite both of you to have this discussion together. Because frankly, let's be honest, I will never lead a kahila in Davin. <laughs> I that is not a role I will take. So I'm always curious about what goes through prep before Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur to begin with. But certainly, certainly now. So Doc, because I don't know what um, limitations or or what um, para- thank you. Restrictions. Thank you, Nahum. Mm-hmm. What restrictions? It's tag team here. What restrictions in terms of davening and also in terms of gathering you have in Israel? Let's start with that. What does what does getting together as a kahila look like right now? So, like you just said, first of all, thanks for having me on. It's exciting uh, to be a part of this. Um, it's actually interesting because it's certainly changing day by day here as it is in America in terms of the the restrictions and what's going to be allowed um, in shuls. I happen to be fortunate to dive in um, for the last five years as the Baltzila in Yeshiva Shalavim. Oh. So here in the Yeshiva, they actually have been able, like in many Yeshivas here, to work with what are called capsulot or uh, cohorts, <laughs> where you have different, you know, different guys who are in different shirim set up with different uh, partitions, plexiglass, and whatnot. So for me, and I'll have my own capsule for me and my children, my family and my wife will have her own capsule where she's going to be. So we are sort of uniquely situated in that we are not as restrained or as restricted as many of my friends who will be davening in schools locally here in Ophi alone or in other places, both indoors and outdoors. Obviously, the proliferation of many, many different minyanim um, outdoors and in different people's houses or backyards, whatever it is, has really created, I think, a silver lining. As I said, it's an amazing opportunity. People who have always wanted to daven, perhaps, and have never had the opportunity to or have the schutz to, will be davening for the first time this year. And it's an exciting, it's an exciting opportunity. Rabbanim have come to me, friends, and said, Jonathan, you got to record some stuff for us. We don't know what we're doing. Help us out. And um, uh, I'm excited for them. It's going to give them an opportunity for the first time to really have that, what I think is truly a life-changing experience of being a Baal Tefillah on the Yom Noraim. And I think Nachum can probably second that. It's something that really establishes my identity. I am now a Baal Tefillah on Rosh Hashanah. And that, doesn't, that, that never leaves you. You have that forever. You are a Baal Tefillah on Yemei Hadin. Something very, very special. And uh, many people will feel that never, never felt it before. Wow. Wow, Nahum. It's interesting because um, I, I often fear, and that's the wrong word, but I think you'll know what I mean. I often fear that if I wouldn't be in this position and wouldn't have this opportunity to do this every year, and I think this is my 37th or 38th consecutive year uh, at the New Springville Jewish Center in Staten Island, 
uh, I always say to myself, how am I going to have a, how am I going to observe Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur? How am I going to just be a member? Right. You know, like it, it, it's, and again, I don't think it's, I don't even think it's an ego thing. I think it's just that I've given this opportunity and it is so meaningful and so spiritually uplifting. And everyone of course is spiritually uplifted in different ways during the high holidays. But as someone who leads the service, we're uplifted in that way. And I always wonder about that because I go back to just, you know, being a regular person uh, and, and still appreciate the uh, incredible awe of the high holiday service, um, you know, not being the leader. And by the way, that thought came to my mind a little bit this year because until a couple of weeks ago, we had no idea what was going to go on uh, in the shul. We, we even were, um, we, we were, we were, we were thinking about what Jonathan just spoke of, which was to uh, hire other people or bring in other people who are familiar with our Nusuch and what goes on in the shul to lead a early Hashkama minion and maybe lead a, 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 um, a minion that's going on at the same time. Would you call that a parallel minion, a parallel minion outside or, you know, <laughs> somewhere where certain people would be more comfortable. Some people don't want to be inside. Right, Some people right. are only going to come if they can be outside, etc. You know, all the, you know, you know, all the things that are going through people's minds at this time. And then we just got very lucky. And I think the rabbi, Rabbi Siegel on Staten Island would agree. We just got very lucky that somebody who's in control of a really large property that could hold a tremendous number of people said we could use it for shul. So we're literally moving the shul to that location a few blocks away for Rosh Hashanah Kippur with a lot of social distancing. And thank God, because my voice is still pretty loud, uh, <laughs> they'll be able to hear me no matter what section of the building they're in, which is a really a good feeling. So we lucked out in that way, but a lot of synagogues, uh, you know, are, are going to be going about so many different uh, systems and configurations. I sort of, and, and I heard the way Jonathan just described it, I sort of worry a little bit about those shuls that have no choice but to split up and add minyanim, etc. Because, again, when a congregation is used to being led a certain way, right. when it's not that, you know, speak to young kids who get married and, you know, they say, oh, you know, we, I like the, you know, I like the new shul that we're in, mm-hmm. but, you know, I miss, I miss all the tunes that we grew up with. I miss... And nothing against anybody else who would get up there, just it wouldn't be the same. And there's going to be a lot of that going on this time around. It's funny that you mentioned that because I was on the phone with somebody yesterday who told me that he'll be davening Shachris in his community on Rosh Hashanah for two different, on two different, obviously on different days and in different minyanim. And I said to him, do you have any experience davening Shachris on Rosh Hashanah? And he said, no, but I'll figure it out. Mm. And I said to myself, I said to myself, figure it out. This isn't a pickup game. Like, what are you doing? This is this is somebody's Yuntif. This is somebody's Rosh Hashanah. And, you know, you're mentioning this concern and, and Jonathan's mentioning his concern. And I, who happily sit behind the Mechitza and love listening to the different Nusachim, wonder if I'm going to be sitting in a minion, young Israel of Woodmere minion, but am I going to be sitting in a minion where I can't sing along with anybody? That, right. to me, is a disconnect. And so... I- and plus, there are people who are saying we shouldn't be singing at all this year. Correct. Because it adds to the whole corona thing. Correct. And actually, something that he mentioned, this person mentioned, is that they've been instructed that all of davening, most of raining, the whole thing has to be done in three hours. That there are time constraints. Yeah, I'm really really nervous about them throwing the baby out with the bathwater. I think that there's a lot of movement, a lot of uh, perhaps even unjustified, you know, paranoia, that if you sing a little bit too much, that some, you know, some terrible thing is going to happen, not to minimize the risk that's involved. But I think you really have to find that balance 
of covering, you know, territory and moving along, but still having that meaningful Yom Nirayim davening. I mean, people are coming. Many people have not been in shul literally for six months. This right. is their first, you know, foray back into a makom tefillah. For many women, certainly, it's their first time back in a, in a minion in, in six months. And we have to do something to make them feel inspired, to make them feel welcome, and to make something special. And I, I don't want to see these shuls find, you know, again, this sort of abridged or modified uh, uh, type of, of tefillah where they're going to be just, you know, literally just, running through and forgetting what really what it's, it's all about, and that's being inspired and being brought to a higher spiritual level. Hmm. You know, it's funny you say three hours, because we're known in all seriousness, because every congregation is different, you have to meet the needs of the congregation, we're known for a four-hour Rosh Hashanah service, which is fast compared to most synagogues. Yeah, it's definitely faster than here in Yeshiva. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, three. three we start would, at 7 and go till 1.30. Yeah, oh, my. Th- three would worry me, actually, if I could even do that if we're saying everything. Right, but right, but keep in, in fact, mind. I'm sorry. Sorry to interrupt, but keep in mind, and this is something I don't want to overlook, and I want to get to it, is the difference in what davening looks like in terms of what we're including and what we're not. Right. And I don't know if Shalvim, and I think this is an unbelievable example, I had no idea, Doc, that you would be at Shal, you're davening for the Ahmad at Shalvim, but I think it it it, uh, it allows for a bigger conversation. But the davening here is going to be very much abridged from what we're used to. But you were right. saying now. And even if abridged only means eliminating certain songs, etc. Rabbi Brander this morning was emphasizing to us that the that the Rav only said V'chol Maminim, is the only piyot he said in, uh, in Musaf, and they're adding... And they're a bridge or in Asanatokev only because they feel that people would be sad if Asanatokev was not, you know, such a big crescendo to the service. But anyway, so so I'm used to a three hours, a four hour service, and the three scares me as you just said. In fact, people in our shul have said here it's not called Rosh Hashanah; it's called Russia Homer. You know, because <laughs> he goes, because we go so quick. But I wanted to say something, and you you called this whole thing about preparing. And again, 37 years, Dr. Pillay, I'm sure also a tremendous number of years at this point at the Ahmed Rosh Hashem people, people don't realize what it's like those first five years. And I'm talking about really five years. In other, I'm not saying that we coast after year five. It's not the case. Everyone prepares, and believe you me, if you don't prepare your voice, you suffer on the first day worse yep. than the second day. Dr. Play, I'm sure you agree <laughs> that the second the, the sec- the second day second Even a singer like me, 100%. Yep, the second, <laughs> the second day is much easier than the first day. But you know, people wonder about paying these chazanim and, and hiring people. And it's really a legitimate reason. I am telling you, the first five years... It would be an obsession for weeks to get it right, to learn the nusach, to hone it, to change things where, you know, this really didn't work well. When I tried it year one, I'm going to try something different. It's, I, I, in fact, I was telling Shlomo Katz on the air on Monday that I remember the last time I ever saw Shlomo Kalbach was the Monday of Slichas, the year he died. He died after, he died in Cheshvan. And I, and I was riding with him in, in, in uh, and I said to him, I, this was 1994. I'd been doing the first night of Slichas since 1984. So it's 10 years. Wow. And I said to him, I'm not happy with the Slicha service. And he said to me, what are you doing? And he said, do this. And since then, I've done it like he recommended. Mm. That's 10 years in. So the preparations have only said so this year, with all these adjustments, and again, I'm lucky, there are not that many adjustments, but with all these adjustments, people who do this on a regular basis are really, they must be, I don't want to say struggling, but they must be really paying a lot of attention to all this a week before Yuntif. 
you know, knowing that all the things that they are used to, not all of them, but many of the things that they're used to are going to be altered, changed, or eliminated. All right. Doc, how do you feel about that? Yeah, I mean, look, I think there's always going to be something different, you know, it, with whatever year you're you're dominating, you know, whether it's the first year, the fifth year, the tenth year, or the 26th or 37th year, every year is going to have a, a nuance, whether it be in a community, a crisis, or someone, you know, personally who's suffering from an illness. So I think, you know, there's, there's no question that one of the challenges of any Baltzfila is to bring something new and different every, every year. Um, uh, this year, actually, you mentioned Slichos the first time. This will be my first year not leading Slichos Rishonos. Ah, um, interesting. In 25 years, I've uh, I I came back. You know, I have an orthodontic practice in the five towns. I landed last week, and I am sitting here in my home in isolation for two weeks. Right. And I asked Mitzvah Habriyut to let me out for a special uh, event on Saturday night, but I haven't heard from them yet. It's already Thursday, so it's not looking good. <laughs> by the by the so, uh, by the way, <laughs> I'm sorry to interrupt you. By the way, I'm sort of in the same right. I'm sort of in the same boat because yesterday I said to myself. Wait a second. I don't know if we're having regular sleepless or not this Saturday night. Right. I, I, still, I still have a text in the rabbi right. to find out, so you're right. Well, I know I have the rubber being shook. He's like, really? You can't dive in? Like, come on. you know. And So, so yes, it's going to be different for everybody this year in one way or the other. Um, uh, what I'm trying to focus on is really to make Tfila that much more meaningful. I mean, the words this year are going to be sticking out so powerfully this year. To be uh, yeah. all of these things that we've been saying almost, I don't want to say giving lip service because certainly every Baal Tfila tries to inject meaning into every one of his Tfilot. But this year, my goodness, it's going to be something I think really just, um, just really re- remarkable. The level of connection that is um, possible, and the potential for people to really connect to Tzvila in a different way, whether it be three hours, four hours, or six hours. You know, everyone will find their way one way or the other to really be, hopefully, be inspired by the Tzvila. And like I said, just coming together as a community where people have not been able to be together, whether it's social distanced or, or not, I'm hoping that that's going to be something that will reverberate throughout the world, whether it be here in Israel or any, any, anywhere. You're listening to That's Life here at the Nahum Siegel Network, and I am enjoying this conversation <laughs> tremendously between Nahum Siegel and Dr. Jonathan Pillay about being uh, Bali Tfila for this Yamim Noraim, which, as I joked on Twitter, is not your Bubby's Rosh Hashanah. I mean, my Bubby, our grandparents, they all saw their own challenges, but this pandemic and the changes that need to be made within each shul and I mean, I, the word bidud is not something I ever imagined would be in a daily lexicon, nor plexiglass. There are more people who own plexiglass <laughs> at this point in their lives than they ever expected to in a lifetime. But there's just this this enormity that uh, that you're both touching on, and and for me as a congregant, because I'm the one sitting there listening to people like you lead and inspire. There is we as the congregants are putting a tremendous burden on you more this year in my opinion than in other years because you're right you're both right people have not gone back to shul 
people have been very nervous. I and my daughters actually have been very fortunate because we've had the opportunity to be part of the backyard minion that's taken place in my backyard for more months than I care to admit. But as a result, my girls have been dominating with a minion every morning. And we dive in together on Shabbos, and I've heard laning for months. But I have plenty of friends and family members who have not. And I, you know, and I, and I'm thinking right now, what is it going to be like for those people, men or women, men who have not gone back to shul? What is it going to be like for them, and how are they going to be looking to both of you and to people like you to bring them back into? you know, the community, bring them back into this fold where they have been on the outskirts of for so long. I wonder if you, if you, in addition, feel that pressure because I'm, I'm sitting here wondering besides the normal pressures, and I put normal in quotation marks, besides the normal pressures of prepping for Yuntif and prepping your, the preparing of your voice and whatever. Here, you've mentioned it before, but that enormity, I mean, how does that weigh on your prep? So I would say, again, what's important here um, is that no one should feel more anxious when they leave shul than when they first walked in. I think it's important that for every Baltila that they really need to get a sense the pulse of the community or the the, the, the people that we're going to be davening with. And, you know, if there's a certain anxiety, which I'm sure will be naturally felt for people who haven't been in shul, um, I think it's important to, to recognize that as a reality and uh, um, to take that into consideration. Obviously, preparation is extremely important. I think um, what one of the things that I thought might be helpful to some people who are davening, let's say outside in one of those outdoor minyanim that you have in your backyard, Miriam, is to really talk to your chaverim, like to get four or five, six guys in advance to tell them what you're going to be doing, go over your melodies with them, mm. kind of get people within the, the, let's say you're diving in a tent outdoors, where you might have challenging acoustics, who knows what the weather's going to be. Plus and this way you have people that are situated throughout the tent. They know what you're doing, and they can help you out to lead, you know, different melodies or songs that you're going to be, be, be using. I think having that kind of like a, a, a huddle before Tfila, a day or two before, it, w- it could be really helpful to, to Bali Tfila going in uh, to davening this year. And I, I think, you know, also, um, everyone has to know their limits. I don't think people should do more than what they're capable of. They'll find themselves, as Nachum can probably attest, that when you get to the long haul of Zichronos and you're trying to get through, you have to know it's, it's, a, it's a marathon. It's definitely not a sprint. <laughs> and everyone should basically pace themselves, you know, accordingly. Um, so again, basically use common sense as to what you can actually, um, you know, put out in terms of your, um, your, your tefillah. Nahum? It's funny you mentioned the, uh, <clears throat> the problem. I mean, problems is the wrong word, but the situation in backyards. You know, here, and I don't know what's going on in Shalvim, uh, but here, everyone's wearing masks in these outdoor minyanim, and it makes the, you know, it makes yeah. it, I, I'm inside in the Bialystoker where we have, you know, a 50-person limit for a 600-seat uh, sanctuary, and it, and it's impossible to do communal singing, even the one or two times that people want to do it, because it's just hard to hear anybody because of the masks. That's also an additional challenge. But the other thing is, it's funny, and I, I would bet you're on the other end of the spectrum than I am in this regard, um, you, you know, the synagogue that I'm going to be in, a lot of, lot of observant people, a lot of people who you know, whose, whose shul is observant, but they may not necessarily be observant. And a lot of the people there, elderly and others, 
are going to be feeling very uncomfortable being inside a building. That's the reality. You know, mm. again, whether we think yeah. that whether we think that's nuts or not, and and I just I, I that's one of the things I'm going to keep in mind. You said people should keep in mind, you know, their congregation, their community, the different specifics. That's one of the things I'm going to keep in mind. I know that I'm surrounded by people who would rather not be there, and I don't mean that from a religious sense. They they're they're there, and obviously they want to be there. Because, they're anxious, but you, yeah, but they'd sure. rather not be there because they are uncomfortable. You know, a lot of people have been literally. I don't know what's going on in Israel officially, and 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 you know, people in your age group, but here there are people who have not, and, I, and I'm talking about really serious shulgoers <laughs> who have not walked out of their building or of their uh, wow. of their home. You know, since this all started back on Purim time. So I'm not saying this is the very first time they're going to be out. Obviously, it's eased up a bit, but it's going to be a little uncomfortable for some of the people. We're going to extend, actually. I'm going to go over. I know, Nahum, you're looking at me like, wow. we, don't, we don't make, we don't call audibles like this. <laughs> but um, this conversation, in my opinion, is just too good to end it here. So we're going to extend That's Life just a few moments because I do have a few more questions and because, frankly, I'm finding this fascinating. Why don't you ask Dr. Pillay when the first time was he was ever on the air with me? Okay, because that's not because that's not this show, Nachum. You want to? It's, it's a good question. Do you want your own by, interview with Doctor Pillay? By the way, am I right or wrong? Nachum, I'll be happy. I'll be happy to be interviewed by you anytime. Okay, <laughs> 1984 for the record. But yes, anytime, my friend. And am I right or wrong that we saw him on a plane recently, like in the last year or two? Am I don't I right? know. When was the last time you and I were on a plane? I don't know. Am I right? Uh, I don't I, know. I don't remember I what planes look like right now. <laughs> Go ahead. No, I saw you, Nachum. I wanted to see him hashat in Yerushalayim. Right. That's where it was. That's where it was. Good call. All right. Somebody. That was actually in 2020. That was actually in I mean, I hear you I hear you saying it was in 2020, but I don't believe you right now because that was a COVID ago. You're listening to an extended version of That's Life here at the Nachum Siegel Network, joined by Dr. Jonathan Pillay. By the way, Dr. Pillay um, hinted to his orthodontic practice. You can find more information. At, you can get more information at his website, PaleyOrtho.com, P-A-L-E-Y, Ortho.com, or you can call there at 516-374-7677. It is located in Hewlett, New York, and um, it is excellent orthodontic care. I can say that myself. Again, that is PaleyOrtho. Why are you making faces at me? Because listener Avraham F. just commented on our app, wishing Dr. Pillay much hatzlacha in his davening, and may we merit lots of, quote, siyata deshmaya. Oh! Uh, <laughs> can I tell you something? That was nice. That was nice. By the way, I mean, we could, I mean, right, I want to, can we get back to the Let's get back to the topic. Thank you. Doc, let me ask you yeah. a question because I'm very curious about this. You know, the OU put out sure. a number of guidelines here as to how to conduct davening and conduct shuls during uh, COVID and during Rosh Hashanah, over Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur. Have similar, I understand that being in a yeshiva setting makes you an outlier here in terms of how uh, this situation is being approached. And the entire yeshiva, I imagine at this point, has bubbled and you're going to be, you know, in your own, I don't even know what you want to call it. Capsule. 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 Right. I was going to, yeah, I was, yeah. right. I was going to say bulletproof zone, but whatever. <laughs> um, but so I understand that the yeshiva setting is not the norm, but have similar limitations or guidelines be, been set down, set down by, um, by the chief rabbinate in terms of how shuls should proceed? Um, uh, you know, it is such a diverse, community here in Israel, I'm sure there are going to be many, many shuls who will be doing just like they're doing in the States in terms of the OU's guidelines. I don't know if the Chief Rabbinate actually came out with any formal position in terms of um, Nusach, in terms of what to skip and what to, uh, what, you know, how to abridge tefillah. 
I know there was big talk about putting a mask on the shofar. That's something that was uh, discussed uh, here. I don't know what's going on with that in, in, in America. I don't think that's being done generally here. Um, uh, so I think it really is it's, it's going to depend on the community. Here in Ophai alone, we're having many, many different minyanim. There's a very, um, again, very uh, popular option that's being done, davening basikin. Here the issue is more the heat because, again, we're mm. going to be getting uh, 90, 95 degrees uh, pretty much uh, you know, every day next week. So wow. um, we'll be davening earlier. I, I think I, I don't really know for sure what the chief rabbi has come up with, but I know that definitely there will be more, more than likely a lot of pressure from the, the, the kila itself to move things along and just to, you know, not to, not to extend fila any longer than it needs to be, whether it be speeches, whether it be Mishabarek in uh, Kriya Torah. Look, we are lucky in some way. I mean, obviously, I don't want to say that we're lucky, but the first day there's no Kriya right. Shofar. So right. um, that will certainly make fila, you know, that much shorter. Let's and the second day, Mutsaf is certainly shorter than the first. Right. Right. Well, Nachum was oh. just... You, yeah, Nahum seven Elias, though. But yeah, you know, right. I, you're right, though. That chauffeur's longer than that, right? Nachum, is York, is the Kehillah that you're um, going to be leading, Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur, generally, you know, comfortable with these kind, or do you think they'll be comfortable or receptive to these kind of limitations in terms of the davening, or do you think that there are going to be things that they're missing? Oh, because- they will be missing one thing, and that will be any communal singing that we do not do. That will be, for some people, it'll be devastating. I'll give you an example in all seriousness. We do three major communal singings on Lel Yom Kippur, meaning this year Sunday night, the Lel, you know, the first night of Yom Kippur. We do three major communal singings. If we skip any of those, it will be it will be for some people that's what they appreciate the most. They appreciate yeah. the yeah. the incredible spiritual uplift that they get, that all of us get together. Right. When that happens, and there are other inspiring parts of davening. I'm not minimizing the other inspiring parts of davening, and of course, I'm sure Dr. Play agrees with me. And by the way, I, I, I would bet you might say close to the same thing in yeshiva. That would be the thing of all oh, of absolutely. Yeah. absolutely. We sing. I mean, we sing at tefillah via esayu, right? Um, and we end off yitnu lecha kesar malucha, which goes on and on and on. Right. And I don't know what's going to be this year. I don't know right. if there will be. I mean, usually, basically, it's the Rosh Yeshiva and I. We're like looking at each other. Do we do it again? Like again? Like another <laughs> round? Nine, 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 nine. And this year, I don't know. I mean, I, I just thought because we're in a yeshiva, we are somewhat, I think, immune right. to some of those forces and right. some of those pressures. But I know that many, many places. I used to dive in many years in DRS. I know that was a very beautiful chila there as well. But that's an indoor chila in a yeshiva. I don't know how they're handling it this year. But no question, there's going to be that tension. Like everyone looking like, do we do, we do this? Do we not do this? Can we continue? Do we shorten? You know, it's it's going to be interesting to see how things pan out. But you know, uh, you said you're not going to be doing that communal singing at all. You're not doing any communal singing. In oh your, in your no, school? because of the new situation we're in, we 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 eliminated all of Davide. <laughs> and then because of the new situation we're in with this new building, Unreal. it looks like we're going to have wow. a, we're going to have a regular service, which is amazing. That's that's the benefit of wow. being in a one thousand capacity building with you know with a hundred people. So that's that's going to be. Uh, it may even be more, like 200 people. But I'm saying that that's the benefit now, that we, we basically reinstituted everything for this year. I think we might be missing one or two things, but that's about it. Uh, but um, when so, you, the, so the OU guidelines don't apply? Well, I mean, they apply within reason if we're okay. in, a, in a place. That, no, I'm saying you can facilitate more yeah. than the OU. Oh, for okay. sure, because the social distancing is insane. I right. mean, no, no, we don't have to be any, you know, near anybody. And uh, you know, that's just the reality of the, of the new setup that we have. Uh, but a lot of schools are going to be going through, you know, a struggle. You had said something uh, 
What did Jonathan just say that? Um... No, he was asking if you were getting rid of all communal singing. Right, but to be a... oh, and I wanted to, and I wanted to mention that um, when uh, when uh, when when I spoke about the communal singing and how important it is, and how people would be you know upset if it was eliminated, there are there are other parts of davening that people feel attached to. There are which which other people may not feel any. You know, like in other words, very true. What I'm trying to yeah. say, what I'm trying to totally say is, agree. whatever you eliminate and whatever you skip. For instance, I'll give you an example. And this is a ridiculous example. One might think, Rabbi Brander said this morning that according to the guidelines that Rav Asher Weiss and Rav Shechter and others gave, if you're trying to shorten the service, don't do the Lamnatzeachs, the seven Lamnatzeachs before Tzkiya Shofar on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Right? Okay, mm-hmm. good suggestion. And who would miss it? Right? I hate to tell you, in our synagogue, the the chanting of that Labdatseach and the time spent by the rabbi saying it seven times is such a lead up mm. to the crescendo of those additional psukim that come afterwards, and then finally the bracha stated by uh, um, chanted by the Baltokea. And you finally have gotten to Tia Shofar. I'm not saying you can't be Yotzei right, Tia Shofar just by getting right. up and saying, "Okay, brachas, let's go." Okay, but, but you know, I think, <laughs> and believe me, when I was younger, you know, I was impatient with all the labnatzeachs that had to be said. <laughs> but I think you get there are people who will miss that. There are people who are going to be like, "How are we say? How are we going straight to the brachas of Shofar without the without the with, without the uh, you know mina meitzar karasi ka? Mm. You know, like how can it be?" And it, so it sounds crazy, right? But I'm, Jonathan, I'm sure you know exactly what I mean. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. There are certain parts of Vina Malkeinu, like some things that you just, you know, yeah, you're right. They speak to different people in different ways, and we're yeah. not going to make everybody happy. That's for sure. I think it's important for whoever is running the minute to just to be very clear. This is obviously the best we can do with the situation as it is. It's temporary. God willing, Tavshin. Pay bet will be like every other year. Hopefully here in Eretz Yisrael we can celebrate here. Amen. I wanted to say what's important here, what's nice about living in Israel, is that when we're following guidelines, we're not necessarily following guidelines of the OU, we're actually following guidelines of the Ministry of Health. And we start right. out with mm. very, very clear in terms of you know what is appropriate, what's not appropriate. So I think every school will try, try to do their best to really look at the guidelines of Misrata Briyut and see um, you know, what is going to be uh, appropriate or not. Well, I, I I thank both of you for your time. I thank our listeners for your for their patience because I, if they're nearly as inspired and just you know in awe of this conversation as I am, I'm sure they enjoyed it as much as I did. Dr. Jonathan Pillay, again, you can find him. How many days? How many days out of the month can we find you in the five towns? Yeah, <laughs> basically it's every other week, more or less. Do you it's, it's been challenging because of the uh, pandemic, in terms of getting back and forth. But generally, it's uh, you know I, I find for about two weeks every month. Do you live? Also, you can find, by the way, you can find my these, these videos that I've made. Again, I want to thank my wife Sarah for actually, uh, let's just say, encouraging me to uh, to actually put them on online. Um, I, I am on YouTube with uh, uh, you can just subscribe to my YouTube channel, Jonathan Pillay, and. We've finished most of Rosh Hashanah, and hopefully we'll have Kol Nidre and Yilap, uh, for Yom Kippur, God willing. Do you, do you live in Nofi alone? I sure do. The last uh, 16 years. So you know my yeah. so you know my cousin. Do you want me to set up a play date <laughs> so you between know my, you, you know and my, Dr. Pillay? You know my, you know my cousins, the Suketics, obviously. Okay. 
Okay. This... The Shekhanics just left us, Nachum. They just moved to Yerushalayim. I am Shelly went to, uh, yeah, the president of Machon Lev. They oh. were wow. very, very wonderful parts of our community. We'll miss them dearly. Clearly, yes, Nachum and well. Mr. Kenix are not that close. <laughs> Maybe we shouldn't do this on live radio. Okay, Dr. Pillay, I wish you and yours a, a, a Shana Tova and a happy and a healthy and a full full recovery Amen. for your father. He should have a refuah and we should share smachot and I thank you so much for your time. Nachum, as always, I mean, I just cut into your show so I apologize yeah, for boy. that. Yeah, um, But I thank you so much for being part of this conversation as well and both of you. And shana to you. Thank you, thank you. And both of you should be <laughs> much. Amen. You should both shana be much. Thank you. I will. And to Sarah and you should both be matzliach on behalf of your communities. Amen. 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 Good luck, Nachum. Thank you so much. Same to you, Hatzlacharaba. And you want to tell uh, Dr. Pillay how we're going to wrap things up? Yes. Well, I'm going to say that the full afternoon of programming continues at the end, uh, at the conclusion of That's Life. And of course, the live lunch beat began 10 minutes ago, but I've taken over 10 minutes of that. Mm-hmm. We're going to close today, of course. Go. Right, but I'm just letting you know yes. that, it, that it's it's the version that was done 34 years afterwards. 34 years after what? After his original release. Why aren't you playing the original? Yeah, I just found this one. I thought it was pretty cool. <laughs> You're not playing Dr. Pillay? I am, but 34 years later. Oh, okay. So we are playing, of course, the title track off of the Basiata Deshmaya album from Miami Boys Choir, which is why, to some of you, you're thinking, hey, Jonathan Pillay, why is that name familiar? I haven't heard that name since the 80s. Well, this <laughs> is why. Dr. Pillay, thank you so much. We are closing today. That's life, everybody. Bye, guys.
Nesse ano 